This Sunday morning, April 25th, when I was working at my desk, a bit of movement out the window caught my eye, and whoa, there were two evening grosbeaks, a female and a male, in my window feeder. I wasn't quick enough to photograph them. My camera was across the room, and when I went to get it, they flew off. They didn't go too far. I looked out my window to see them next door, and when I opened the window to take a distant photo, I heard closer ones calling too, and those were much closer. My home office is upstairs. The window I have easy access to is close to a box elder on the left and a Norway spruce with outer branches reaching less than three feet from the window on the right. And at least four evening grosbeaks were perched in the spruce and a couple more in the spruce next to that. I took a bazillion photos and also set up my sound recorder in the less accessible window. I have to crawl under my standing desk to set that up, but that was both easy and well worth the trouble. I ended up with a 50-minute stereo recording at nice close range, which is the background that you're hearing right now. Evening grosbeaks used to be year-round, almost everyday birds in my yard, and their decline since the early 90s has been very painful for me because they were part of our neighborhood soundtrack almost year-round since the very day Russ and I moved into our house. When Russ and I rented video cameras to take movies of our children when they were small, evening grosbeaks were calling in the background whenever the kids were outside. There's lots of evidence supporting two explanations for their decline. They feed their young enormous quantities of spruce budworm when those larvae are available, and forest managers have been spraying Bt heavily over a wide part of the evening grosbeaks range, protecting some balsams and spruces, but at the expense of evening grosbeaks and several warblers who pig out voraciously on the budworm worms during the breeding season. Forest managers have also shortened rotation cycles in northern forests to manage for wood fiber rather than saw lumber, reducing the number of hardwoods in the grosbeaks range when maple and box elder seeds are a very important component of the grosbeak diet. Other problems contributed to the decline as well. In a 1989 paper, Daniel Clem listed evening grosbeaks as the 10th most common bird killed at windows. And they're also hit by cars in large numbers in winter when they come down to pick up grit and road salt. On Sunday, there were a total of 12 grosbeaks in my yard, and each one I saw well had a green beak, meaning they're pretty much ready for breeding. I got a glimpse at a male feeding a female behind too many branches to get a picture, and a second male approached that same female with his tail raised and wings lowered in courting posture.
In an exciting scene, the Grosbeak suddenly quieted down and a Merlin flew by. I have a two-minute recording of that little scene. I also watched at least two different females make a call I'd never heard before. A single soft, slurred wink note that in the context of the louder, regular Grosbeak calls reminded me a bit of the tiny gulp woodcocks make before they're peed. This year, Grosbeak sightings have been more frequent and widespread in northern Minnesota than they've been in years. My friend Dudley Edmondson, who lives a few blocks away from me in the same neighborhood, has had a bigger flock for a couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see if any of these birds breed in or near Duluth this year. I'll sure be paying attention around my yard. Evening Grosbeaks are one of my favorite birds, and when they're anywhere near, attention must be paid. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.